Interstate Batteries has been a proud supporter of the Sportsman's Nation since day one. With over 200,000 locations throughout the U.S. and offering 12,000 different types of batteries, stop into your local Interstate Battery store today and let them help you find the right batteries for your everyday life. Hey guys, welcome to Land and Legacy Podcast. This is your host, Adam Keith. We're co-owners of a consulting company called, go figure, Land and Legacy. This is your number one podcast resource for all things land. Each week, we're breaking down topics from land management, habitat management, conservation, farming practices, and real estate. We hope you guys enjoy it. What is up, everybody? Thanks for joining us again. Thanks for joining us again, my friends. This is Adam here, uh, host of the Land and Legacy podcast. This week, it's me and me only. Um, of course, if you want to check out a really cool interview over on the other podcast, of course, we do two podcasts a week. Um, so one of the podcasts, the longer podcast this week, is an interview with a landowner as we discuss his property, 20-acre parcel in North Carolina. And we discuss kind of a walk-through consultation based on photos and aerial imaging and understanding the neighborhood. Um, so if you're interested in that, go check out the other podcasts this week. But this week, or this podcast, I'm going to cover something that I've discussed in pieces, but I've never uh, done an entire podcast on this. Uh, and it's going to be the top apps for a landowner. Um, and this kind of goes with a variety of things but it all comes down to land and the importance of getting more people out there and understanding it more ourselves um, and so I'm going to discuss some of my favorite apps that I use throughout consultations and then again on my own family farm and some of the properties we hunt on um, so if you're interested in that this is a podcast for you before we get started once again, I just want to remind you guys to go and check out our landandlegacy.tv page, website. Um, click on the shop tab. One way you guys can support us is by um, ordering apparel. So we've got some hats on there um, currently, uh, and we've got some new things coming. We, uh, we have some new designs, some things we're going to release this fall probably, uh, but we're getting ready to, to add some more hats. Um, but... One thing, if you guys aren't aware, if you've just now started listening to this podcast, um, we have conservation caps, we call them, and there's three of them currently. There'll be more in the future, but these are hats with a, uh, a patch with the scene on the patch that we've got a quail uh, that kind of represents uh, the southeast pine plantations, uh, pine savannas, and uh, quail. 33% uh, of the profits from that go to Quail Forever. Um, so it's just kind of a way for us to support these nonprofits that are doing great work for these species. Um, and then we also have the deer cap, uh, conservation cap that supports QDMA. And then we also have a turkey. So one way you guys can uh, continue to help support us is by ordering those and then wearing them with pride. Um, so please go check that out. And also, if you haven't already, um, go subscribe to our YouTube channel. Um, and like our Facebook page. Both places are going to have more um, weekly 
and and twice a week videos. Hopefully, um, it's just as quickly as we can get them out and get the content. But as you guys are aware, it's really a, a two man show with the support of our wives, and so we, uh, oh, time gets away from us. So I'm the editor um, on these videos. So um, don't judge me too hard. Don't critique me too much. Um, my specialty is land and, and um, conservation, not video editing, but we have a bunch of stuff on there. Uh, we're starting to drop more and more videos, so please go subscribe and share it with your friends. Um, just search Atlanta Legacy at YouTube and you will find it. Um, so before we get started, just another reminder that as consultants, there's a couple different ways we can help you on your land. If you have any interest in having us out for a consultation, that is info at landandlegacy.tv email. Um, info at landandlegacy.tv, not .com. Uh, there's been a little bit of confusion with that lately. Um, also, um, going back to that other podcast, this is a way if you guys have a small parcel and you're like, I'd really like you guys' help, but I can't, I, I can't justify having you out there. Uh, that might be an option to have you on the podcast. We'll discuss we'll discuss your property to where everybody can benefit from our discussion. So um, anyway, that's where we're at. Um, this is going to be a shorter podcast this week. Um, so let's go ahead and jump in and unpack this list of apps that you can use for your benefit on your property. Um, this is not designed for the top, like this isn't for your hunting apps. This isn't for, to, to make you more successful in the field when, uh, during hunting season. This is to help you not only understand, but monitor your farm and get a better, uh, a connection with that land. So the very first one, and you, my goodness, you, if you guys haven't heard it by now, uh, either you, you're just joining us or you've just been listening to listening to the podcast with earplugs in um, the iNaturalist app it's free go to your app store and it is a wonderful wonderful app to enjoy and not only enjoy but educate and learn more about your landscape um, I forget who said it but it's a popular it's a, it's a popular quote that basically the more you learn about something the more you enjoy it and the more you want to talk about it and so for us the more we learn about land, the more we enjoy it, and then the more we share that with you guys. And so the iNaturalist app is a great way for you to learn more about your property. So we use it a lot um, as we travel and we see new plants, and it may be the simplest a little clump of grass or sedge, and we're like, I don't really know what it is. We take several pictures of it, put it on the iNaturalist app, and boom, it gives us a pretty good idea what we have. Now, it's not 100% accurate. Um, but it is a really, really awesome app, and I would encourage every one of you to get it um, because, my goodness, get on Facebook and social media, and you, you can scroll through and just see how often people are asking, what's this weed that's growing in my food plot? What's this plant that's growing on the edge of my yard? What's this flower that's blooming in my pasture? This is an opportunity for you guys to avoid, <laughs> avoid the Facebook biologists and really just understand what's going on in your landscape and uh it's it's a really really cool really cool app i love it um and it's definitely something that you should love as well uh if you were to just go to my i to give you an idea go to my iNaturalist app 
I have 142 observations. So most of those are plant-based, but there are uh, the ability. I've, I've done some butterflies. I've done some, uh, I've had some amphibians on there. Uh, and it's just a great way, you know, you take a picture of a snake. You could take a picture of a flower, take a picture of a tree, take a picture of a, an insect. It's going to give you a pretty good idea as long as you have good, clear pictures. The iNaturalist app is so awesome. And not only can it tell you what you probably have or what, what uh, the plant looks very similar to, it's going to tell you where everyone else uh, has observed that um, species. And so um, you, can, you can basically get on there and, uh, and see you have this plant growing on your place, and you're like, well, I, it looks like there's, this has been entered into the iNaturalist app all around me, so I know this is probably it. Or in one of our cases... Uh, a plant that we identified, took pictures of, put in the iNatural sap. There's not many entries, and so it made us go, "This is either wrong or it's it's a it's a rare plant, and uh, it's a it's ended up being a rare plant for our area." And so it's a really cool story, and uh, definitely motivated us because we weren't able to see that plant if it wasn't for the cedar um, cedar cutting on one of our glades. So definitely definitely something you ought to check out. Um, Here's another great thing about it. Once you enter a plant or a sp anything, um, there's a whole crew of people that will help identify. So I entered in some pictures. Uh, I t I'm using an example here. It's green antelope horns. Um, and basically, it's a species of flowering plant in the dogbane family known by the common names green antelope horn or spider milkweed. It is native to the South Central and Southeastern United States. And then below that, I can see a, uh, a whole thing of green dots where it's like, yep, uh, there's been a whole lot of observations for that green antelope horn in the Southeast and South Central United States and Midwest. That's got to be it. And once I did that, um, there was three other guys that got on there and, uh, and confirmed my observations. So um, really, really cool really cool uh, app that uh, is very helpful because um, I know there's so many times you get out there it's say it's a TSI project and you're like I really don't know what I'm cutting that's a time that's a sign that you need to stop cutting and you want to understand what trees or what plants are in the area before you start doing something that may have long-term effects negative effects and so the iNaturalist app can help you with that um, going back to my favorite entry is probably the one where we talked about, uh, I talked about earlier of once we cut the, uh, the trees, the cedar trees, we had Baldwin's milk vines show up. And uh, when we did that, it was like, whoa, okay, I, I don't see this. There's only a few entries, uh, mainly in northwest Arkansas, central Arkansas, and southwest Arkansas. There's another entry over in Dal uh, north of Dallas, right along the Oklahoma line, and then in Alabama and very far away down into, um, into Florida. So I don't know if those, uh, if those entries are correct, but it's not a real abundant species. So uh, it's definitely, definitely an interesting thing um, that we found. Now here is one thing uh, with this app. It definitely, uh, when you enter them, um, it's going to take your GPS coordinates. So 
if you are a little concerned about that or whatever, uh, this may not be the app for you. But um, you can definitely you can definitely find some amazing things and and log some awesome information. And uh, it goes into a pool where we can all sit there and comment on it and share share our posts with each other. So it's like a plant social media or a a, a natural world social media where you can share different things with people. So it's really cool iNaturalist app, get it. It'll help you identify what plants and animals are on your property. Next up, very similar to the iNaturalist, but a little bit more um, detailed in this field. So you could use the iNaturalist app to find out a species of bird, but it's not going to be nearly as easy as this other app that I'm telling you about, and it's the Merlin bird id app i've talked about a little bit on the past podcast but this this app is uh quickly becoming one of my favorites and i don't want to share why you're deer hunting you're listening going what in the world do i care about bird idea okay there may come a day where you have kids or you're trying to think about getting your kids or your wife involved on the on the landscape this is an app that you can use and have some fun with um merlin bird id will help you identify three thousand plus species and Basically, it's something that you can use with kids um, or other people that are interested in the outdoors and may not necessarily be looking at hunting, but what animals or birds are on your property. This is the Bird ID app for you. Um, You can ID birds or you can explore birds, get photo ID. Um, I really use it for a couple of things. So what I'll do is once you open up the, uh, and this is from the Cornell Lab, um, so they've done a really awesome thing here. So I'm going to walk you through kind of a, an entry. Um, so it's going to, as soon as you click on, it's going to ask you, where did you see that bird? Cause I'm, I'm making an observation. Um, so I'm, I'm starting bird ID as soon as you open it up, download it. Then you'll say your current location or a map. So you can either let it use your GPS location uh, if you're still in the field where you saw the bird, or you can use the map, which is basically like dropping a pin in Google Maps. You can do the same thing with this and say, okay, I am, I'm looking to ID a bird, and so I'm roughly using the map because I'm sitting in town right now. But I'll, I'll say I'm using a, uh, I'll use a bird I just saw the other day, and it's going to come to no shock to many of you uh, what bird it is. But um, so I was at the farm the other day. I was, I was checking some camera cards. And uh, I saw a bird, all right? And so I, I plugged that in. This was two days ago, so it asked you the date that you saw it. Um, so July 23rd, I saw it. Um, and then it asked you, what was the size of the bird? And so you have a def- couple, five different options. No, seven different options. Sparrow-sized or smaller? No, it's bigger than that. And that goes all the way up to between sparrow and robin. Robin-sized, between robin and a crow, crow-sized, between a crow and a goose, and then goose-sized or larger. Well, it wasn't the size of a sparrow, but it was a little bit bigger. So it was between a sparrow and a robin. Then it'll ask you, what were the main colors? Um, so what what was this? What did this bird look like? And uh, in this case, for me, it was red, and that was pretty much it. Um, so, but you can click multiple options there, and you click next, and then it'll say, was the bird eating at a feeder? Was it swimming or waiting? Was it on the ground, in the trees or bushes, on a fence or wire? Was it soaring or flying? Well, it was in the trees, um, singing. 
create and then it starts to create a list of possible birds. Well, there's really a few options, but uh, I, as I told you, it was pretty much solid red, so it narrows it down. It's a northern cardinal or a summer tanager. Um, and in this case, for me, it was a summer tanager. Now, some of you guys out on the East Coast, you're going to say, summer? I, I Don't you mean scarlet tanager? Um, and, and in fact, <laughs> that's a conversation that Matt and I had the first time I saw one this spring. He goes, don't you mean scarlet? I'm like, no, we have summers here, uh, summer tanager. And so, uh, in this case, we had a summer tanager, and so I can click on it, and uh, I can listen to sounds, and I can see details. So I'll go to the map, and it shows me where it wa where it's at uh, through migration, through breeding, and non-breeding season. And so this bird, uh, right now, it's in its breeding breeding zone, and that goes from pretty much uh, central uh, Iowa and Illinois, Indiana, Ohio, all the way down into Mexico, and then there's a sliver in there where it's migrating from uh, through Mexico and southern Florida, and then its non-breeding zone is in Central America all the way down into northern South America. Um, so that bird does some traveling. Uh, and then the cool thing is it can play the sounds that that bird makes, and so um, you might be able to hear this, but... Um, So um, that's really, you know, we got another call. It basically shows all these different calls. Um, and then so if the bird you saw was making sounds, you can go back and listen to the calls and say, yep, that's the same, that's the same sound. Um, and, and it looks the same. And then you can check this is my bird. Um, and then uh, ID another bird. Um, and so that's really, it says, congratulations, you identified summer tanager. And if I go um, home, uh, basically I can go in, and I, you can start an account and then go back and look at your, the, uh, the birds you identified. And, uh, and it's just a really, really awesome, awesome app. Now, how does this uh, help? When we, this is how I enjoy it. And I think I've used it on consultations with clients, and it's something that, uh, that, you wouldn't expect to see two grown men out in the woods getting excited about, but it works, and, and it's really, really cool, and it's another way to enjoy your land. And, and once again, you may enjoy your farm from early November to mid-November, but there's a, there's a purpose to enjoy it year-round, and it's not just to focus on deer the whole time. It's to focus on the land, improving the land, and realize who created that land. And, uh, and so that's our, that's really our mission is, is, you know, once again, it's a reminder that, um, God created this, this land and we can see his amazing power through that creation. And, uh, from the mightiest of oaks to the tiniest of insects, there is a, a masterpiece and a master's hands in that creation. And so, um, with these birds, this is a great way to where we can look at all the diversity of bird species and we can look at those and, and enjoy them, and we don't have to even be carrying a weapon or out there in camouflage. We can just be on our back porch going, man, this is a really, really cool bird. Listen to that thing sing. Uh, listen to the sounds it's making. And uh, we can use, what I do is I use this app to where it's like, man, that bird's singing way over there. And I'll click on it, turn the volume up, and I, a lot of times I call these birds in, and I just sit there and take pictures and look at them in the binoculars and say, my goodness, this is cool. 
So check out the Merlin Bird ID app um, and and put it in your and download it and enjoy it with your kids, your wife, or yourself while you're out on the farm. Changing up pace a little bit here, we're going to go to another app that I use a lot. And this is almost a bad app to have because it's kind of, uh, <laughs> it can get to where you get a little frustrated. Um, and it's called Climate Field View. Um, this app is, and how I use it, is basically I have entered in so you open it up and it's got an overview and it's going to give you rainfall there's there's a lot of ways to use this app and other features in it but i only use it for one thing and one thing only and it's because i don't live on my farm i still want to know how much rain my food plots or my crop fields got and so i go in and i preset all of these fields um, and when I'm saying fields, I'm talking about literal fields uh, on my farm. So it may be the back pasture, it may be the back hay field, it may be uh, food plot A, it may be the secret spot, whatever you call your food plots. You can add the app, uh, add the field outline and basically monitor the amount of rainfall you're getting on your farm through the whole year. Um, and, it, and, and keep in mind, if it's raining on the property, it's not very accurate you got to wait till that front passes and get the updated amount. Um, and I have checked this with, uh, I have a, a granddad who really enjoys, you know, he's got a really nice rain gauge and weather station there. And so he monitors it. It's way too in-depth on how much rain he's getting. And instead of saying, yeah, I got a quarter inch, he tells me the hundredths of an inch or the tenths of an inch and or the 64ths of an inch, he told me one time. And um, this this app was very, very accurate the two years I've been testing it with him and what he's found. So I have his backyard in so I can kind of confirm just how close it is. So I have many, many places, uh, anywhere we hunt or have planted food plots, or I have friends that always call me because they don't have it on their phone. Um, not sure why. I have it uh, for my backyard, and then I have it for basically our uh, my farm and then my lease. And so um, it'll tell you rainfall totals for yesterday, and then so far today, and then the season total. Um, and so total rainfall for the year so far for me is um, 39.3 inches of rain since January 1. Um, and so I can sit here and, you know, if I'm if I see the radar and I'm like, ooh, looks like the farm's getting ready to get some rain, uh, I give it a little while and I go, once the front has passed, I go to this climate field view and I see, oh, wow, we got a half inch of rain. And uh, it makes me feel good and, I, it, and it saves me the headache of having to go down there and be like, did it rain? Did it rain? Yeah, there's puddles. Um, and so climate field view, awesome app. Um, next, next little bit, can, you can lump these together. Um, so as a landowner, you probably have time on the four wheeler, you have time on a tractor, um, and you're like, what can I do instead of listening to the engine hum, um, or the bang of the rocks on the, on the, uh, box blade, I want something. And so, you know, this has been a kind of an ever changing thing for me. I used to listen to the radio so, so much. Um, and I did not enjoy audiobooks. I did not enjoy anything other than the radio. Unfortunately, uh, or f 
what I didn't realize at that point was uh, I didn't. It wasn't that I didn't enjoy audiobooks. I just didn't enjoy the ones that uh, I had to listen to for a previous for uh, work in the past um, and on road trips. Those those books just didn't didn't uh, they bored me. But now I'm finding audiobooks that I really really enjoy. And so instead of just sitting on a tractor listening to music, I can educate myself by listening to audiobooks. Um, there's a couple different ways you can do that. I have Amazon Audible, uh, and then also have Apple Books app on my phone. Um, so I listen to audiobooks a lot while I'm on the tractor during food plot season just to help pass the time. And so I've listened to a pile of audiobooks this year going down the road. Um, and going down the road, sitting on a tractor. Uh, I don't know how many books I've covered this year, but I, I think it's right there around 10. But uh, this has nothing to do with an app, but if you are uh, a little bit um, curious on how I'm doing that, I listen, I have Bluetooth earbuds. Uh, they're J-Lab is the brand name, and they're just little bitty simple things I plug into my ear. It's got a case that charges them, um, and that's how I listen without cords or anything that's going to get tangled up. So... I listen to the, I, I've listened to so many books uh, this way, and I'm still, you know, some of these books I've listened to are really, really long, 24 hours or 37 hours, and, um, you know, I've listened to, so far this year, I've listened to Dirt to Soil, which I'd highly recommend, which is a Gabe Brown book. I've listened to Sand County Almanac. I've listened to Holistic Management um and I've listened to the Lewis and Clark journals, which is oh so so long, but it's so so good. Um, and I've listened to Coyote America. Well, I'm I'm got to get back over here. Eager, uh, the secret and surprising life of beavers, um, and and several others. But I would definitely check those out and get those apps because it's a great way. You know, a lot of times people ask me how how did you learn all this stuff? And there's all kinds of things, but something that really kind of puts the uh, proof in the pudding uh, on natural history or, or landscapes is, you know, this is what I believe happened on this landscape. And then you listen to explorers journals uh, of those areas and it matches exactly the way you kind of envision it. So it's a, it's a really, really awesome, awesome uh, thing to do. Listen to these audiobooks and journals and educating yourself and uh, continued education. So, um, that's definitely stuff to to check out. Next up, um, kind of right in that same thing, you know, you're you're trying to educate yourself, stuff to pass the time. Really important that you're protecting your hearing, so you're not cranking these. Uh, learn from my mistakes. I, I enjoy music, and uh, at a young age, I listen to music way too loud, and so I don't have the best hearing in the world. Anybody around me can tell you, especially my wife. Um, but uh, I listen to a lot of podcasts as well. So if you have an Apple or an Android, whatever you have, find the podcast app um, that that you can listen to while you're going down the road. And and this isn't just a shameful or uh, a plug for myself or Matt, but it's just a, you know, there's a lot of great podcasts out there. And there's a lot of really, really good ones that are educational and entertaining that are you're putting good stuff in your brain, not just clutter not stuff that's gonna uh clog up clog up your brain and and uh it's stuff to make you think stuff to help you learn um and so you know we'll do a podcast one day or a blog um that talks about some of our favorite 
podcast, but uh, there's there's so many out there. But um, the podcast app, whether it be Stitcher, uh, the Apple um, podcast, iTunes, different things like that, download those app. Okay. Finally, there's a couple more as we're kind of coming up. I don't remember how many I've suggested, but looks like six, and I've got two more for you. So I get this question a lot. What weather app is the best? And I don't really have a good answer, but I'll tell you what is my favorite. There are so many apps out there, weather apps, weather bug, AccuWeather, uh if I'm on my computer, I always look up NOAA, um, and that's the one I use for uh, fire weather, but there is, um, when it comes to app, there's not really a good um, National Oceanic and Atmospheric Administration. That's what NOAA stands for. There's not really a good app for uh, fire weather and for um using on your phone now they have apps but it's more radar and different things and they're not easy to use i don't i don't like them my favorite weather app is Wonderground, um and and the reason for this app why it's my favorite is because you have the ability to follow um barometric pressure and understand just kind of what what the pressure is if it's rising or falling so I look at it and I'm like, okay, you get your generic seven-day forecast, what the temperature is, what the rain chances are. But this one actually gives it nice and easy to understand pressure and where you're at. And we follow pressure a lot in hunting season. Um, And so this is kind of that combination of land managers. You need to know the weather. You need to know what's going on. But at the same time, you can use this one for your hunting as well. Um, And so we've got Wonderground for the weather app is the one I enjoy. And I, I don't even think Matt uses Wonderground. He may have a different one than he uses. So it's very uh, personal for me uh, which one to use. But I just like Wonderground the best. And uh, so if you haven't seen that one and you're looking for a good weather app, that's the one I like. Finally, any land manager should have some sort of mapping software app for your property or to use while you're on your property. Um, Now we use Huntera, the mobile map, but we're not always just on our own farm. So there's other apps um, to help us wherever we're at, whether we're hunting public land or private ground. Um, I, in, in a, I have a very hard time telling you which one specifically because I've used various ones and there's a couple that I really like. Uh, there's a couple that are that I like certain things about them versus other ones. But overall, the Hunt Stand or Onyx mapping is the one I use the most. Um, and I use, right currently, Onyx is the one I have uh, and that I use. And I, I like this one because... Um, it gives, and from state of Missouri, I have parcel ID, so I know who owns this piece of ground. Um, it also, I can, I can have uh, tracking, so I turn tracking on, so I can really understand what where the trails are. So if I, when we're consulting, I'll be using the tracking the whole time, so I know what the road system looks like when I get back back home, states away, and I start laying out the map. Um, so I can turn on tracker, or I can turn on uh, tracker and understand how big a food plot is. Uh, or I could build a polygram, and, and when I look at the aerial image and say, this field is two acres. 
And so Onyx or HuntStand um, is, a, is a great app to have. Um, the thing I like about Onyx is just that um, if I'm hunting a new area or uh, whatever the case may be when it comes to hunting that can tell me how many tags I have, what the regulations are for that. But something really cool that you haven't, you probably, I don't know if you've noticed it or not, but on Onyx you can zoom out and if you go west or if you're in an area where um, fires is something that's that's uh, occurs pretty regularly, you can look up and see um, different fires for those areas. So like if you're, I think of the guys down south, if you're hunting National Forest and you're looking for fresh burns or burned areas to, to hunt close to, you can find them on this map uh, on Onyx. So anyway, guys, over 30 minutes. Hopefully you enjoy these apps or you're going to check them out. You've got the iNaturalist app for IDing plants and animals. You've got your Merlin bird ID to help you more with bird ID. That's a great way to get kids and fam other family members involved. You've got climate field view that you're looking at rainfall totals for your property. Um, you've got your Amazon Audible and Apple Books app so you can listen to audiobooks. Um, then you have your podcast app, whether that be Stitcher or just the podcast app on, on your iPhone. Um, you've got Wonderground for your weather app, and then you have Onyx or HuntStand, basically your kind of hunting mobile app um, to use for mapping and trails and, and calculations of field sizes. So hopefully uh, that helps you guys out. Once again, please leave us a review on, on our uh, iTunes page or recommend us on Facebook, and uh, you do that, and uh, we may send you something uh, very randomly. So uh, we appreciate all your guys' support once again. That's what keeps us going and keeps us grinding to find new content for you guys. So um, anyway, we'll catch you next week. Yeah.